When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Monday, December 11th, 2023. This is another edition of Football Today. You know that dude from the Talking Giants world, Bobby Skinner. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey, along for the ride as well. As I'm tripping all over my lips because of the long day I had on Sunday. You just got to watch as a, not a super fan, but just a football fan because you you got a game tonight where you just told me the Giants have playoff implications. Come on, Skinner. If they... I, I, I do not think the Giants are even close to a playoff team. But if they somehow win tonight, which, again, I don't think they will, they will be one game back, and you'll at least have to have the conversation. So um, I did my first, like, big two-screen weekend, too, because I wanted to watch just Bill's Chiefs um, for the 4 o'clock windows. And in the 1 o'clock window, I wanted to focus on Browns-Jags a little, too. So I t- pulled the TV out of my office, set it down on the ground in the living room, and and two-screened it. And uh, I tell you what, man, it's the way to go. Way to go old school and just pick up the TV and go with it. That'll oh, these new, well, these new TVs are so yeah, light. You can pick them that's up true. with one hand. That's true. Back in the day when I was a kid and we had to do that, we're like, oh, we have to call like moving companies just to move the TVs. They weighed like 9 million pounds. And I you, I think you kind of know this from the – you've gotten to know my personality. I was – I had that until – Thursday night football on Amazon Prime literally forced me yep. to go get a new TV. Smart TV. I hear you. All right. Uh, let's talk about a team or two of them will definitely be in uh, in the postseason come mid-January. Cowboys crush the Eagles. They beat them by 30, and they get their first win against a great team this year. Have they now shown you enough to say definitively Super Bowl contender? Yes. Now, again, the 49ers may just be way better than everybody. But we look view the Eagles as Super Bowl contenders coming into this game, and they destroyed them, right? Mm-hmm. And we've been asking for this game for the Cowboys to have this game all year. And honestly, what seems like multiple years we've been waiting for the Cowboys to have this type of game, and it just hasn't happened, right? Like which, like which game before this year did you come away with? Wow, the the Cowboys really beat a good team. Like their best wins were against the Rams and Seahawks, who are both six and seven now. Um, you know. Gilmore stepped up big, a free agency signing. Cooks didn't have the biggest volume, but he had some big moments. Their Dak, like the Dak MVP thing is now totally on because mm-hmm. they've done it. Like, this is the game we've been asking for from the Cowboys. Like, when you win this game and you'll take you serious, and they not only won it, but they they just dominated from start to finish. They were the clearly better team. Yeah, if you um if you don't answer this in the affirmative, it's that you're drinking the hater aid. And it's that simple. Like, you don't have to like the Dallas Cowboys. You might feel like people just incessantly talk about them because they've got the stars on the side of their helmets. All that stuff I would have listened to in years past. This is legit. This is a big boy team. They put on their pants and they go to work. And on both sides of the football, like offensively, they did whatever they wanted. And I know that Philly's defense isn't what it was a season ago, but they had almost 250 first half yards and Dak was dropping dimes. And I know he said he didn't play that great a game, but I thought he threw the ball pretty well. Um against guys who have made plays in the past. And uh, defensively, I still think it's hard to live on the mantra that, you know, we force turnovers. Sometimes that's a luck deal. Sometimes you are really good at being in the position at the right time or punching the ball out and stuff like that. 
but now they're they could lead the league in turnovers for three straight years. They're in the conversation again this season. So I think that has become a hallmark of this defense instead of it just being lucky. So they are shot. And there's kicker. They're freaking kicker. Two field goals of over 59 yards. He hasn't missed all season. Like, that is legit weapon come January. Yeah, I mean, they the, the defense, you know, like you said, the turnover thing. I remember after 2021, it was like they were a defense that lived off of turnovers. Like, okay, there's going to be regression. And honestly, the rest of the defense wasn't as good besides that. It really was a turnover, a bust defense. But the last two years, they've become a good defense, even in on the down-in, down-out stuff, not just living off turnovers. But like you said, continue to, getting those, uh, continue to get those turnovers. I mean, like, whose offensive line performed better yesterday? The Eagles, which is known as the best, or the Cowboys. Like the cow, the Cowboys absolutely did, right? Like yep. Micah Pars, the Cowboys didn't overwhelm Philly up front, but they had their wins, you know. Blaine oh. Johnson gave up a sack to Micah Parsons. You know, they they didn't get like the the stat numbers, but there was like pressure and Jalen Hurts was having to get rid of the ball pretty quickly. And then on offense, right? Like, and I want to have a conversation about Philly, right? Because they've lost two games in a row now and dominating mm-hmm. and, and and just you know, being blown out. They lost to the Bills in overtime. I do think this has there's some conversation around the Philly. Like they're they're not the team on offense that has answers for everything. And their linebacker and safety play is just flat out not good. And Bradbury and Slate aren't playing at the same level they were last year, where they they have like they have big weaknesses on that defense. Did you just say that Philly lost beat or lost to Buffalo? I meant I meant one in overtime. Sorry. Yeah, got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll make one last point about Dallas. We'll, then we'll seal up Philly. If you are um, saying, well, Dallas, I, I'm going to wait uh, and withhold judgment until they beat San Francisco. That's your prerogative. They might face them in the second round of the playoffs. They might face them in the NFC Championship game. I don't know. I Or they might not get a crack at them this year. I suppose that's a, that's a possibility as well. But if that's the thing you're waiting on, you're talking about them trying to beat the best team in the NFL. So I don't know. I think that's kind of a silly argument. Dallas still has to go to Buffalo next week. They still have to take on Miami as well. You know, they're going to have two more shots to prove it against teams that either are going to be in the playoffs or going to be right in the thick of the AFC wildcard chase. So I don't know. I Well, I our conversation with them hasn't been that, because again, I do think San Fran's, San Fran's better than everybody. They're my Super Bowl yes. pick. Um, but our conversation this year is like, okay, prove to us that you're in the Philly and the San Fran and Philly, right? Like San Fran and They're Philly here. Are, are clearly better than you. Like they, they've proven to be better than you. Well, they just kind of took here. the jump to number two, right? Like we, we can't, we, you know, Rose, we talked about on Friday, how that first Cowboys Eagles game, we came away from it. Like, Hey, you lost, but you look good. There were some good moments. You didn't have like the same old Dallas and big game type stuff. Philly fumbled three times and that recovered all three. This game, the Cowboys recovered all three of the fumbles. So we said going at this game, though, you can't have that type of storyline. You have to win. Not only did they did that, they won. I mean, the game was over in the second quarter, essentially. Like they were in this the entire time. Their only what their only point was a touchdown was the uh the fumble return for a touchdown by Dak. So mm-hmm. uh, uh they... last point here on Philly before we wrap this up. They are next Monday night in Seattle. That will wrap up a six-game span in which they played Dallas twice, San Francisco, Kansas City, Buffalo, and Seattle. I know Seattle's not the best, but traveling all the way across country for a Monday nighter in that house, that's not exactly 
like you're you're playing Washington. After that, their final three games, they've got two against your guys and then one against the Cardinals. I think they'll smooth things out. They'll be ready for some sort of January run, so I'm not ready to count them out. But they are they are banged up, uh, I think, emotionally more than anything else. They, they looked tired, and they didn't have that regular zip that they do under Sirianni. But we'll see if they can flip that script. Well, and and it's just offensively, they just don't have the answers that they had. Last year, what was made them so amazing is like no matter what you did, they had answers for. I think it starts with the run game. The run game is not the same. Yeah. Like, I know everyone's like, oh, DeAndre, DeAndre Swift has only had four games with more than four and a half yards per carry. And that includes the Vikings game where they played three deep safeties the entire game. Um, you know, that was like the DeAndre Swift breakout game. Like, it's not the same. Um, you know, and they don't have like – they're not spreading the ball around on offense, right? And I I put that on scheme and Ben Johnson and, you know, with Shane Steichen leaving. Like, four, not only did only four guys have catches on the team for them last night, one of them being uh, Zacchaeus with one catch, they didn't target anyone. The, none of their running backs even got a target, right? So they just don't have answers to stay on schedule where last year it didn't matter what type of defense you ran, they had answers for it. Right now they're just – they're like, you know, Teams are forcing them to throw underneath to, to A.J. Brown, and that's basically all they can live on. All right, let's move on to, I don't know if you want to call it the most controversial finish that we've seen all year or whatever it was, but the Kelsey throwback to Kadarius Tony that would have given the Chiefs the lead with just over a minute to go against Buffalo. Instead, Tony is called for lining up offsides. Mahomes went nuts on the sidelines afterward, blew up the referees in his postgame press conference. Andy Reid did the same. He said, listen, I've been around this game for a long time, and I've never seen calls like that. Um, let's ju- start with just the call. Did you have any problem with the officiating on that particular play? No, and that call has been called this year, not on the Chiefs. But again, the whole like, oh, well, the ref's supposed to give you a warning. That's usually not for being we- a- a- one, like a full yard offsides, which Tony was. That's usually because you can't have – like you got to have one guy off the line, off the line of scrimmage, and one guy on. So when they're checking, it's not to be like, "Oh, am I two yards off sides?" They're checking to be like, "Hey, am I counted as on the line or off the line?" You know, so we don't get an illegal formation penalty. Um, so one, yeah, it's egregious. They called the flag before, like as soon as the play started, the flag was up, right? So, yep, I don't think they expected one. They didn't expect that play to happen, and like it's, I mean. Josh, or not Josh Allen, Mahomes' reaction to me was, like, wild. Wild. Not only just, like, the – I understand, like, te- this happens more in the NBA, but teams will use the press conferences as a way to, hey, let's start getting some calls on our side the next game. But, like, did you see the interaction with Josh Allen after the game? That was – That I mean, was the Josh one Allen that was, like, supposed that's, to say? That's, that was wild to me. That was – like, those two are competitors. They've played a lot over the years. Mahomes has gotten the better of him in the playoffs. Allen, you know, the Bills have actually won this game in the regular season pretty consistently. Like two top of the game competitors. And like I don't I don't know what what like you said, it was the most awkward thing I've ever seen. Like I I was shocked to see that out of Mahomes. I think that it's a bigger problem with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it is because I think they know that that it has gone terribly wrong this year and they're going to need a lot to go right. A, for them to hold off Denver in the AFC West, which I think they will because Kansas City's schedule, for the most part, is not really difficult. But to get on a run here, I mean, Mahomes is going to have to go on the road now in the playoffs, which is something he has not ever had to do since taking over for Alex Smith as the starting quarterback there in Kansas City. So 
it was so out of character for him. And oh, by the way, I was on the set getting ready to do my game day highlight show when that happened. I was like, how the hell do you make that call? Like, how do you do that? I felt every emotion that Patrick Mahomes did in his post-game press conference. Then I went back and started watching it again. And I was like, oh, geez, this was egregious. And Carl Jeffers, the referee afterward, he talked to the pool reporter and he said, listen, we are there to give those guys guidance. But he never checked. And there's some question as to whether or not CBS has the shot that of Tony checking. Originally, some CBS crew members were tweeting that, yes, he did. And then they scrubbed those tweets and all sorts of stuff were going on there. So we don't know if Tony asked or not. But Sheffers said, when the guy is lined up so far offsides that he is actually blocking our vision of seeing the football, he's offsides. So I guess that's that. But to me, the bigger deal wasn't that it was called but it was the reaction of Kansas City's two biggest leaders in this case. Like, by the way, Philly fans sitting here saying, shut your mouth, guys. Exactly. There was a holding call in the Super Bowl against us that was possibly more egregious than Kadarius Tony lining up offsides. Browns fans are still bitching about, you know, what happened to Hollywood Higgins at the goal line where Daniel Sorensen earholed him on the fumble in the divisional round a bunch of years ago. Like, let's not act like you guys haven't gotten some along this ride as well. Yeah, it's just and Andy Reid's reaction to it was kind of like hey, usually like I didn't I didn't mind what Andy Reid said. Like he said the Mahomes thing was just like on the sideline you had no idea what he was ta- like like people were like what is he going off about? I was like was it something from the last play? And then um the the Allen interaction was the one that like made me just like go, "Oh my, like just please move off." Like that's a very weird look for him. But this is hiding the the fact that the Chiefs have issues that we've talked about all year. Yep. Like, they're the number 11 scoring offense while being the fifth highest in interception rate, right? So they're not being top – they're not top five in scoring while be top five in, you know, throwing the ball away. They're essentially living off of third down Mahomes magic. Like, it feels like every single drive, it's like third and ten, and it's, all right, Mahomes make a play or not, you know. And so the wide receiver drops are continuing to happen. The issues – you know, whether it's, you know, or or just other issues like Tony lining up off the field. Like, they just don't have that production on offense outside of Travis Kelsey. They don't really have a run game. They don't stick to it when they do. Like, Rasheed Rice is essentially doubling any wide receiver production they have all year. Like, Rasheed Rice is a like a, a guy who put up a lot of production at SMU and was a very weird prospect because he's, like, polar opposites on so many different types of things in this game. But, like, that can't, that can't be – that's not a Super Bowl – recipe is having Rasheed Rice as a rookie doubling any other wide receiver production you have. Last point here on Kansas City. Uh, our buddy Dalton tweeted out that uh, about Mahomes' reaction. He goes, he's what, arguably the most popular player in the NFL. Very well liked. And he lost some fans today. Do you think that that's an overreaction or is there some accuracy to that statement? I think there's some accuracy because I try to not like judge someone off of like that single type moment like look it happens right and even me i'm starting to be like dude like that that's very un- like unlikable <laughs> it's just very unlikable to act like that uh so i don't think it's like some huge thing right like they get in the playoffs and win some games so they will win another super bowl most likely within these next few years um but yeah i think it's i don't think so much as much as the younger generation but some of the some of the older fans are going to be really turned off by that. Well, that's, that's definitely not the um, least popular one from the most fans. 
So, um, I don't know. It, I think it was the worst moment that we've seen out of Mahomes as a professional. It was bad. Wasn't pretty. Wasn't glamorous. But I'm willing to move on. Yeah, yeah. It. Like you said, it's it's been his. You know, what what what's his second worst moment in the NFL since then? Like, doesn't have one. Yeah, I'm, so I'm not I'm not gonna go off of that. But like in the moment, it's just like, dude, shut up. Just stop yes. talking. You're you're making this work. And I wish somebody would. I wish a player would do that when the call is egregious, right? Like I wish that would happen. Like that would maybe spurn some type of change. Like you know, like we got some change from that uh that Saints Rams NFC Championship game, even though the refs mutinied and decided to not turn uh overturn any pass interferences um which was so frustrating that in 2019 when they did that uh but yeah it's like dude you pick now you got everybody on the ref side like Patrick Mahomes you got the entire NFL community on the ref side you know how hard that is to do yeah I think it was just uh the perfect storm it was last week's non-call up at Lambeau Field on that final drive it was this taking away one of the greatest plays we've ever seen, but in my opinion, justifiably so. And most importantly, the fact that he knows that he's got to play backyard ball for them to have any shot at winning games. And that yeah. is a, that is a tough, tough road for him right now, and he's frustrated. All right, uh, let's move on. Literally, there are a half dozen AFC teams sitting at 7-6 and six today. Who do you feel best about, and which team are you most concerned about? So, to me, to really feel comfortable when I'm saying I had to go put all their schedules together and do green and red highlights of wins and losses instead <laughs> of just going through it. Got it. So, you know who I actually feel the best about? The Denver Broncos. Yes, I me too. I like the Broncos, dude. And they play the Patriots, the Chargers, who they just won. And I could see the Chargers shutting down Herbert and the Raiders, right? Like, I think those are three wins. And I bet they can compete with the Lions this week, too, right? Like, when... You know, maybe the Lions will probably be a conversation we'd end up having eventually. Like, what's going on with them? It's it's the Broncos. Because when I put together all their wins losses, they were the only team I had at 10 and 7. Everyone else was at 9 and 8 or 8 and 9. Okay. I I like Denver just the way they're playing. Let's start with that point Um, before I do a deep dive into the schedules. Um, Russell is whatever this new Russell is. And we're living with it, and it's perfectly fine. Does he still take some sacks? Yes. Um, does he make a handful of plays? Yes. He allowed Cortland Sutton to make one of the catches of the year yesterday in the back of the end zone, hand-fighting with Michael Davis for that touchdown. Defensively, since week seven, no AFC team is giving up fewer points per game. They're giving up less than 16 points per game. They have totally done one of the great reversals we have ever seen in history. Because when they fell to 0-3 and gave up 70 down in Miami, we were like, oh, shit, this is going to be a terrible year. Well, they have turned it around. They've got a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. They've got a Super Bowl-winning coach. And if they do get into the playoffs, I don't think they're going to go on some sort of monumental run, but I think that they could be a tough out right there. What about the team that you're most concerned about? I was doing some math in my head. They would be, if you just got rid of that Dolphins game, they'd be the number 11 defense in the NFL. Now you can't get, then you have to get rid of everyone's worst game, but still. Yep. Uh, the team I'm most concerned about, even though I do think they'll get in, depending on what the tiebreaker is with Indy, it's still the Bills. You have the Cowboys who we just talked about, right? And this is why we talked about on Friday, why this Chiefs game was a must win for Buffalo. You have the Cowboys. 
Now they can win that game. That would be that that would be cool. They lost to the Patriots earlier in the year. They are still capable. Like I don't think any of our worries that go away from the Bills after this Chiefs game. You know, we talk about that they're that penalty away from and losing this game and essentially being out of the playoffs. They play the Dolphins in Miami to end the season. I would pick Miami in that game right now, even though they won that earlier in the year. And like, I don't know if Herbert will play. Like, I can see if Herbert plays, I can see the Chargers or Patriots upsetting Buffalo. I really can. Oh. Like, the Bills have played down to their competition all year, and they've literally lost to the Patriots. Now, I don't think that they will, but I do see them going. I have them at nine and eight, which again, what to me would be a t- would be tied with the Texans and the Colts. I don't know how the tiebreaker works and all on that. But I don't. I don't know if it's going to go in Buffalo's favor. I, I guess someone else could tell me. Yeah, the, the more than two tiebreakers in a wild card starts to get wild because well, right now win. they're like dead last in all the tiebreakers, right? Because they they are technically eleventh um, yeah. in the playoff picture. So I, I'm assuming that the tiebreakers don't go in their favor. Right, their conference record is horrible. Um, they got one yesterday, but that that wasn't any good so yeah they still have it's an uphill climb for them but we'll see next week's a huge game it's very much like a playoff game to me well and here's why i i say i'm worried about them the most because i think the Bengals are at eight and nine i got the steelers at eight and nine so obviously like technically i'm worried more about them is out of all these teams which one of them can you see winning a playoff it's the bills easily oh, right on. like their offense oh, is still yeah. like super efficient um and again, they have Josh Allen. The next best, best quarterback on this list is C.J. Stroud, but I don't know how they're going to look without – like it's. Uh, I know Stroud's overcome a lot, but now I don't know if you're going to have Nico, no Tank Dell. It's going to be an issue. Um, and obviously they struggle against the Jets, who are who do have a very good defense, and it was raining. Um, but the Bills, like compared to expectations, they're the team that I worry about the most. Okay, ready for mine? Uh, that would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not just because they lost consecutive games to two win teams in Arizona and New England. Their last month, three of four on the road. It starts this weekend on a game that you can see exclusively on NFL Network, Company Man, at Indianapolis. Then they're home against the Bengals, who are all of a sudden resurgent and back in this thing under Jake Browning's leadership. At Seattle, that's going to be a huge game for Seattle, I think. And then at Baltimore. Good luck with that because the Ravens might be playing for the one seed, possibly on that last game of the season. Ever since we all thought Matt Canada was the problem, and I do think he was an enormous issue. But since then, since his firing, do you know that the Steelers are actually averaging fewer points per game than they did with Matt Canada calling the plays? Now their yeah. offense looked significantly better that first week against the Bengals. They put up more than 400 yards the whole bit. But I don't know if Mitchell Trubisky is going to have to take snaps Saturday. He looks terrible. They yeah. didn't look all that great with Kenny Pickett anyway. I I, I don't know if this is the year where Mike Tomlin goes sub-500. I'm not going to put that out there in the universe because I still Ooh. think they can win maybe two more games. But I don't think that's going to be enough. It's funny you mentioned that. I might just switch my the Steelers from 8-9 and nine to 9-8 nine and eight just to keep that streak alive. Or we could get a tie in there. Like, can they can they tie with eight, the Bengals? <laughs> a Steelers-Bengals tie in Week 17 is like basically I'm, – I'm, I'm predicting that right now. So make sure – remember this clip uh kevin when uh when that happens uh so uh, here's why i didn't say the steelers because i do have them eight and nine is just because i have i just don't think they're a good team so right now i have broncos 10 and 7 the bills texans and colts at nine and eight uh and then uh 
than the Bengals and the Steelers at eight and nine. You only think the Bengals are going to win one more game this year? They're playing so well. Yeah, they're. They, I think they're just the best screen team in the NFL. Every time they, they came on red zone was a fucking 50, 60-yard screen, and they have those guys. But I think they'll beat the Vikings. I do think they'll lose to Pittsburgh um, in that game. If Pickett comes back, I'd feel more confident about that. And then the Chiefs and Browns, I, I think I'm pretty confident that they'll lose those games. The um, do the, the Browns? Have... So I know we haven't talked about the Browns. They're at five at eight and five. Yeah. Do you have any worry of them falling out of it? Well, I think the number for them is ten because their AFC their conference record is is pretty good right now. And if they can get one more conference win, I think they'll be okay on that Thursday nighter against the Jets right after Christmas. They do play yeah. the Bears, who are playing much much better football this Sunday. That's not going to be as easy as it would have been a month ago. And then they've, they've got two road games at Houston and at Cincinnati. Those are a pair of seven and six teams, which, and listen, the Browns are in every game, basically, for the most part. Uh, Joe Flacco has given them a shot of adrenaline at 38 years old. He's going to be the quarterback the rest of the way. And he is, I do think that that's something we probably could have talked about. But the fact that he was throwing passes to his kids and his brother like three weeks ago, and yesterday he was throwing it to Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, and David Njoku for, you know, all over the field was remarkable. And what's the most frustrating thing about them? And, and they gave up two touchdowns off turnovers again yesterday. Yeah. I, I actually went back. Uh, I didn't I didn't finish yesterday's game, but I tracked, like, amount of points given up off turnovers and just, like, actual, like, pick sixes and safeties and stuff. And it's like, it's not as far away from half as you think. I think it was, like, 11 points per game allowed just regular and like eight off of turnovers per game. And they, it's like their defense is so good. It's like, just protect the ball. They're number, they lead the league in turnovers, right? They, they're like, they, they're top five in interceptions and fumbles lost. Um, And I know like one, one, who fumbled yesterday? Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, which is like, come on, dude. On, you know, and then you had the, the, the slant flat where the guy ran into each other. You can't be too mad at that. But, that offense is it, it so you see it more deeply. That offense passing game is David and Joku like designed like screens and stuff to get him open, and then just Amari Cooper slants and then double coverage on the sideline. It's it's like every single passing attempt is yeah. are those two uh, outcomes for them. Yeah, that's basically it. I'm sure we'll talk more about them. The weather might be cooling down, but the action on the field stays. And today we've teamed up with DraftKings, an official partner of the NFL, to get you closer to the action. Right now, new customers who bet just $5 will get $150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code FOOTBALLTODAY. Fan of multiple teams and want to bet on them all? Combine multiple bets together for a shot even bigger payout. If sports betting is not yet available in your state, not to worry. You can still join in all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code FOOTBALL today. Bet just $5 on any wager and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code FOOTBALL today. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You'll be glad you did. Uh, we got to get through these last two topics a little faster. We've got uh, two games tonight simultaneously. Your Giants taking on the Packers. It's a big one for Green Bay. And by the way, if your G-Men win, San Francisco will be the first team to punch its ticket to the postseason. And then Miami taking on Tennessee. If they win, they leapfrog Baltimore and will be the one seed with a month to go. Uh, how important is it for the Finns to get home field advantage throughout the AFC playoffs? I think it's extremely important, right? 
One, you give Mike who who in the NFL do you want to give a week extra week of preparation to? Mike McDaniel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it allows guys like Tyreek and Waddle to get healthy. Um and you like you would assume that one wild card team wins uh that first round. And I'm picking the Dolphins versus any of those teams. The Buffalo obviously would be a tough one, but like any of those other teams, it's then. And then you get a you then you get an AFC championship game with you know, Baltimore, Kansas City. I know they lost to Kansas City at home, and you don't have to go play in the snow and shit, right? Yep. Um, so I think it's I think it's more important to Miami than it is any other team in the AFC to get home field advantage. Yeah, I would say with the exception maybe Kansas City, you're a hundred percent right. I think some of these other teams don't mind going on the road. I think Miami, it's a totally different ball game. And now that Dallas has gotten its monumental win, we're kind of waiting for Miami to do that. And once again, they're gonna have a shot. Down the stretch here, they do play Dallas. That'll be a big one. Uh, I think that's maybe the – is it possible it's the day after Christmas? Something like that. I think it's somewhere around there. Um, and then they will host Buffalo the last week of the season. So Miami's an interesting team to keep an eye on. All right, Vikings and Raiders. They went scoreless until two minutes to go when Greg Joseph finally put one through the uprights. Should Las Vegas have offered free buffet vouchers to everybody who actually stuck through that game in person? No, that's a great game to say you were at. Like, I was at the 3-0 game. The only thing I'm disappointed in was that the Raiders didn't win because that would be a great interim head coach win, 3-0 field goal (laughs) with two minutes left. That's the only – I was sitting there, like, physically, like, go rod right, go right, trying to get that thing. I wanted wanted a 0-0 tie so bad. The first 3-0 game since the Steelers Dolphins Monday Night Football where it was they were literally playing in a tropical storm. Yes. Uh, you know, I someone posted the clip of like one of the punts from that game that stuck where in it the... just literally just stops in, in the mud <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, I was I was I I I put my second TV solely on that at the end. I was like, "Please miss this field goal. Please miss this field goal." That's funny. Yeah, it was it was hilarious watching that with everybody including one of our uh one of our producers, Drew Christensen, who's a huge Raiders fan. And he's just so beaten up by everything that they have gone through in the last few years. He's just like, whatever, whatever, dude. So, um, yeah, I think I would have liked to have hit the mushroom ravioli. I'm always one to hop in there. Um, But it would have been a nice little touch by the Raiders. But they lost, so I don't think they were in the giving mood. So there you go. Uh, I want to wish you best of luck in your game tonight. Do you watch this by yourself, or do you go with friend? What do you do? I'm, uh, I'm, I, you know, my my girlfriend's here, but basically, I, I like to watch the Giants. I work the game, so I'm watching by myself. Got it. Um, you know, I'm clipping up videos and taking notes and stuff. So yeah, what I'm gonna watch by myself. Do you um, mf the games? Not at this point of the year, but when they, when they, when it matters and stuff, absolutely. absolutely. I, I don't know if you've seen the highlights of our watch party last year for the Vikings oh, yeah, game. I did. It's the worst version of Bobby Skinner, where it's like <laughs> if like you put the wrong person in front of me, I would just knock them out out of pure adrenaline. Um, so that you get the worst version of Bobby Skinner in those moments. Like Bleacher know. Report, they had a clip of like it went, um, like had like a million hits or something of of me just yelling. Fuck Minnesota and fuck you. And I have all my, you know, none of my friends are follow what I do on Twitter or anything. And they're texting me like, I just saw you on Bleach Report yelling, fuck Minnesota, which was a, a nice touch. But keep it classy there, Skinner. 
Uh, speaking of Minnesota, I will not be here on Friday because I will be in Cincinnati getting ready to call the Vikings and Bengals on NFL Network. Uh, if you care to partake as a viewer on Saturday, kicks off. I'll be locked in. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Working with uh, Jason McCourty and Steve Weish on the call for that one. So I get to go do my homework this morning, which um, means rewatching the Vikings Raiders game from yesterday. We got to get some references to the pod on 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 the broadcast. Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I'll come. I'll come to you with a list of five things you can do on Friday. How about that? I love. Oh, you're that. not going to be on the I'm show. Not be Friday. Here Friday. Damn it! Well, just uh, send me. You know, text me a list or or put it in the show. Me and whether... that'll be a me and Justin. We'll put together. I think oh, I'm have Justin on. That'll be me nice. and Justin. will put together a list right. of five references you could do. I love that. I love that. That should be the last topic for uh, for me. Make sure you. Send I hope it out. you once actually. There, I'll save the Dallas Goddard topic for a later date. All right, that's it. I'll stop. Wow, Dallas Goddard. Sorry, we didn't get that in. Now I feel terribly about it. All right. Enjoy your uh, simultaneous Monday night football action tonight. A true rarity uh, for producer Mikey. He always does a bang up job. And Bobby Skinner, do not stand in front of him at a Giants watch party anytime soon. I am Chris Rose. These dudes will see you Friday on football today.